You're listening to the Daily Sweat Podcast, where we are all about doing something that makes you sweat every single day. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Sweat Podcast. I hope you are all having a fantastic day today. I am coming at you with a solo episode today. We're going to have a little one-on-one chat about something that I have been getting quite a few questions about over the last few months. Um, I guess even longer than the last few months, probably about the last year. And it this is going to be kind of a good base for a new project that I'm taking on. So I'm excited to kind of talk about that a little bit. But before I go into that, I just wanted to say a really big thank you to everybody who has been listening to the podcast and sharing on either your social media channels. You know, I've had quite a few people tag me on Facebook. Um, I'm getting lots of tags on Instagram stories. And I really just wanted to say a big, big thank you to those of you who are supporting the podcast in that way. Obviously, I am so appreciative of everyone who listens to the podcast, regardless of whether you share it or not. But it really is that sharing that allows new eyeballs to see the show. iTunes is so saturated with podcasts, which I'm sure you know if you go on iTunes to look for podcasts. And this podcast here, the Daily Sweat Podcast, is a really, really small podcast compared to all of the other big fish. So when people are searching like health and wellness or personal development, things like that, um, the Daily Sweat does not show up. So people are finding these episodes either by searching for specific topics and stumbling across one of the episodes, or they're finding episodes and the show from friends. So to those of you who have shared the podcast, whether it is through social media or you've shared your friends or you've taken time out of your day to leave a review, please know that I so, so appreciate it and it does not go unnoticed. So a big, big thank you. March was my biggest month yet for podcast downloads. So I'm really, really excited. And again, very, very appreciative of the support. And I will take this as an opportunity to put a call out. And you know, if if maybe you've been listening and maybe you didn't think that sharing the podcast was actually beneficial. Maybe, you know, I always think like, oh, these people have so many people listening. Like, what do they need me to do? Or it doesn't even cross my mind. Um, So if maybe that's the case for you, please know that it really does help me out. It helps out people who could benefit from the messages that we share on the show. It helps our guests get their messages in front of more people. So, you know, if you're ever listening to an episode and it's really resonating with you, things that are really helpful are screenshotting just like the iTunes screen or whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on, posting it on your Instagram stories and tagging myself and whoever I'm interviewing. Reviews are always really helpful. The more positive reviews the shows have on iTunes, the more iTunes will show the shows in its feeds or in its search results. I don't fully know how the iTunes algorithm works, but I'm assuming it's kind of similar to other algorithms and essentially like the more engagement and the more downloads something gets, the more it is shown. 
So again, a big, big thank you to those of you who have taken the time to do that. A thank you in advance to those of you who will take the time to do that. And if that's not your style and you're just here to listen, that's okay. I appreciate you too. And I appreciate that you are sharing your energy with me and that you're allowing me to enter your space with my thoughts and the people who I think are really cool that I think that you would enjoy. So today I want to talk a little bit about breath work. Now I'm going to start this by saying that I am by no means an expert in breath work. I wouldn't even necessarily call myself a student of it yet. Yeah, I would say that I'm, I'm a student of it experientially rather than theoretically, and I am preparing to deepen my understanding of breath work, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, I'll go a little bit more into that after, but breath work is something that has helped me so much on my journey over the last year, um, probably almost a year to the day. And I wanted to talk a little bit about what exactly it is, how it has helped me in my transformation this last year and what I'm really excited to do about it. So like I said, I want to start off by saying that I am by no means an expert in this. This is really more of me sharing my experience of practicing breathwork over this last year. Um, Also a very inconsistent practice of breathwork, and we'll go into why it was so inconsistent. And please know too that there are so many different forms of breathwork. And if you've ever attended yoga classes, you've probably done some kind of breath work. Um, in yoga, they call it pranayama. So that could be, I've done hot yoga classes before where you do that kind of like belly breathing. I think it's called breath of fire where you're kind of like contracting your abdominals and then that almost kind of like forces you to breathe. Again, not an expert here. I'm just trying to go by what kinds of things I've done. I know that there's lion's breath where you stick your tongue out and you cross your eyes in a yoga class. I always feel super weird doing that one. Um, And even just, you know, paying attention to your breath and feeling your breath move through different places in your body. These are all various forms of breath work. And what I want to talk about a little bit today is my experience with holotropic breath work and also with conscious connected breath. And I would also like to point out at the start of this episode, before I really go into my experiences with breathwork, if breathwork is a healing modality that you've been looking at or thinking about and you haven't actually tried it yet, I would really encourage you to find a safe space to practice it in if you do opt to try it. I would really encourage you to not you know, go on YouTube and find a video to do while you're at home alone or anything like that. Because especially if you are holding on to trauma or pain or suppressed emotions or anything like that, these can definitely come up to the surface during a breathwork session. So it's really, really important that you are doing this in a space that has a facilitator who is trained to help you move through anything that comes up. So First holotropic breathwork session, not a great thing to do alone in your bedroom. And also the experience is much more powerful, I have found, when we're doing it in groups, when there's shared energy, when there are different um, different stimuli, so different forms of music, things like that, when there are people to actually physically help you with the breath. So that's just my little disclaimer 
that came after the disclaimer that this is more from my experience rather than from uh, any theoretical study that I have done. So my first experience with breath work was, you know, beyond the pranayama stuff. I'm talking more like the the intense breath work, the holotropic breath work. My first experience with that was in April of 2018. I had gone to LA for a meetup for the mastermind that I was part of. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've probably heard lots of my fellow mastermind participants come on and share their own stories and the magic that they're creating. And when we were given our itinerary for the weekend, I saw that breathwork was on there and I thought, okay, cool. Didn't really think anything of it. I didn't really know much about it. And when it came time to do the breathwork and we were being prepared for it, I was starting to get a little bit nervous because the woman who was leading the breathwork, she was saying that, you know, it's okay to cry. Some emotions might come up. You might get this lobster claw thing where your hands kind of tense up. And it seemed a little weird and a little scary, but I was also kind of into it. And I felt really safe. I was with a group of women who I trusted. I trusted the facilitators and of course, of course, my coach at the time. So I stayed open to it. And what happened throughout the experience, um, you know, I, I honestly don't even know how long we were doing breath work for. I don't know how long there was that post breath work period. I don't really know or remember any of that. I had really no concept of time, but what happened during that session and in the months afterwards was such a pivotal moment in my own healing journey. And it's a moment that has really changed a lot of the ways in which I view healing for myself and how I view healing for other people as well. So when it was time to start, we were all instructed to lay down on the floor. We were given blankets to make sure that we were comfortable. We were given the option to have towels to put over our faces in case we were in case we started crying, which also made me more nervous because while I felt really comfortable with this group of women, it was still a group of women that I didn't know very well, um, who I had like just met in person that weekend. So you know, I, I cry a lot, but usually in the comfort of my own home. So it's already a little on edge. So I'm laying on the floor and I've got this towel over my face and then the music starts and it's really loud. And then we are instructed on how to breathe. And with holotropic breath work, it's a, it's a very forceful breath. It's a big inhale through your belly, a big inhale through your chest, and then a strong forceful exhale. So it's belly, chest, exhale belly, chest, exhale. And it follows that kind of rhythm where you have to work at it. It's hard to keep your body doing that because it's uncomfortable. I found my mouth getting dry and like, I just wanted to like lick my lips and stuff like that. And it was challenging. It was really, really tough, but we were encouraged at the start to slow down if we needed to, but to try not to stop, to just keep breathing. So I'm going through these first few minutes, first 10 minutes. Honestly, I have no idea how long it was. And I start to feel my body feeling a little bit lighter. I start to feel almost like a little bit tingly throughout. I noticed that my hands were starting to feel more tense. That lobster claw that we had been warned of was starting in my hands. And it was interesting. You know, I, I'm trying to do it right now. Like, like you can see, <laughs> um, which you can't, but essentially like your fingers kind of almost cramp in together and my hands were up at my chest. So I had these two like lobster claws up at my chest 
and I started to feel really lightheaded. But I was focusing so hard on my breathing that those physical sensations, while slightly uncomfortable, I actually didn't pay too much attention to them. And as we were going through the breathing and, you know, I'm trying to keep breathing hard to keep up that rhythm, I start to feel like I need to cry. And it made no sense at all. Nothing had come up in my mind. I didn't feel like like anything sad popped into my mind that made me feel like I needed to cry. I didn't feel like it was an uncomfortable experience and I was crying because of it. I just felt a need to cry. And that was when my mind started thinking. I was thinking, do I, do I actually need to do this right now? Am I going to cry? And then I could feel the tears start coming and I was like, okay, guess we're going for it. And I then went into the most intense, ugly cry I've ever had in my entire life on a floor surrounded by a group of 15 other women who most of whom were crying themselves. And through that, it was almost as though every single shitty thing I'd ever experienced in my life that I had either suppressed or not really allowed myself to feel and work through, which, you know, having an alcoholic background means that there's a lot of stuff that I didn't actually deal with. It was like I processed, I re-experienced and felt every single one of those things and processed them, moved through them and let go of them within seconds. And the tears were coming so hard and it was so hard to keep up that breathing while sobbing the most intense sobs of my life. But it felt as though I was releasing these memories and trauma and emotions that had been stored in my body since I was a child. These things that I'd never given myself the opportunity to feel, I was finally feeling them. And it was uncomfortable, but apparently it was really, really necessary. So again, I don't know how long that went on for, but after however long it was, we were instructed to bring our breathing back to a normal pace. I'm still sobbing, kind of hard to go back to a normal pace when you're like hyperventilating from crying so much. And we were led through a series of questions. So, you know, think of somebody who you love. Think of a space where you feel safe. Think of yourself, um, you know, when you think I've made it, what are you doing? You know, we were asked these questions and so much came up and I realized the root of so many challenges that I had been facing. And, you know, I tend to be pretty open and transparent about different things that come up in my life. You know, I talk about when I feel like an imposter. I talk about when I feel like a failure or a loser and things like that. And I got such a clear glimpse of where all of those beliefs about myself actually stem from. And it was the first time that I had really experienced that clarity. So while at the end of it all, I felt completely drained as you normally do when you move really, really intense energy like that, I also felt really light. I felt like, like I had some really hard work ahead of me to do, but I felt so light in that I knew what that work actually looked like or what needed to be worked through, I should say. I didn't necessarily know what the specific things I needed to do to work through those things were, but 
I knew what needed healing in my life moving forward. And after that weekend, I started to notice where that deeply rooted belief, that core issue that needed healing, I started to notice all of the different ways in which it manifested in my life. I could see how it shaped the way that I interacted with people, whether they were people who I was really close with or people who I didn't really know. I could see how it was driving me to take on all of the things that I didn't actually have the capacity for and hustle, hustle, hustle just to prove myself. And I started to wonder what other challenges that I'm experiencing is this actually a root of? I am by no means an expert in the connection between physical pain and emotional pain. Um, I actually did an interview with Lisa Matthews way, way back. Um, Actually, it was probably about two months after my first breathwork session. Um, So I'll make sure to link up to her episode in the show notes because she does talk a little bit about the connection and that's really something that Lisa excels at. Um, So I don't know a whole lot about it yet, but just in doing my own research, really just around my own experiences, I've noticed a very strong connection between emotional pain that I'm experiencing and physical pain that I experience in my body. And it started to lead me down this path of, well, if my body hurts in this way, or if my body, if something doesn't feel like it's lining up properly in my body, What's the emotional or energetic root of that and how do I start to work through it? So after that first breathwork session, I, I didn't want to do breathwork again. I tend, not again, but like not for a while at least. Um, it was a really, really intense and really powerful experience. Like I, again, just the amount of clarity that I had was insane. And I will tell you, In my mid to late teens, I used to do a lot of drugs trying to find this, like that clarity, that expansive consciousness that people talk about being able to access through the use of mind altering substances. I kind of use that as an excuse to really just go out and party, but there was that underlying desire to see what that clarity could look like. And I never had that clarity with those drugs. I got the clarity using my own breath. I was tripping balls off of oxygen, which is pretty crazy. But because I know that I personally have the tendency to go to extremes with things, I I didn't want to make this a regular practice. I found myself on the plane coming home, like looking up like, oh, where can I do this in Vancouver? And I had to stop myself and remind myself that a lot had come up from that session. And rather than looking for the next breathwork session to do, to move through the next layer of stuff, that I wanted to take some time to sit with everything that had just shifted and to look for areas that I could begin to work through now without having to pull back another layer. So I did a lot of different things throughout the summer. Um, I did various forms of energy healing. I got really into my own meditative practice, did lots of different types of visualizations, um, lots of really fun woo-woo stuff that I won't get too deep into in today's episode, really just in an attempt to continue to heal, heal those core things that I had been experiencing and holding onto for so long and not actually paying any attention to. 
And I started to notice this deeper level of self-awareness. And I've always been a pretty self-aware person, but it was a whole new level after doing this breath work. And I started to notice that level of awareness when things that previously would have been really, really triggering to me actually weren't as triggering anymore. I started to catch myself before going into my regular existential crisis where I question, does the work that I'm doing matter? Does any of this matter? Do I matter? I started to notice myself getting into that headspace before actually diving headfirst into it. And as you've probably gathered by now, if you've listened to any of the other episodes on this podcast, it really is that awareness piece that's key because we can't work with or process or do anything with things that we're not actually aware of. So after doing that breathwork session, I of course wanted to continue expanding upon that awareness. And I did that primarily through meditation. And that was the main way that I supported this next stage of healing after I had done some of that energy work. It was really taking a deep dive into my meditation practice and learning how to separate myself from my thoughts and my emotions so that I could actually allow myself to feel my emotions. And that's something that I hadn't allowed myself to do for so many years. I realized that while I cry a lot and I get mad a lot and I feel like I'm expressing emotions, it's almost like I was having that outward expression of emotions without any inward uh, perception of it or inward processing of it. So while I would cry, as emo as this is going to sound, it was almost like they were empty tears. Like there wasn't actually any real feeling of what was causing those tears. Or when I would get upset, I might yell or raise my voice, but there was no real feeling of anger inside of me. You know, we, we are taught not to feel things from a young age. Don't cry. Don't get mad. Don't get your hopes up. Essentially, don't feel anything. And we learn that feelings are uncomfortable. You know, we, we get uncomfortable when we see other people crying. We're taught that we're not supposed to cry. And that if we do cry or if we do feel sad, that we're supposed to do something to change it. And while I don't believe that we should wallow and that we should keep ourselves in these emotional states that don't feel great to us, I do think it's really, really important for us to actually feel our feelings. And breathwork was the first thing that I did that actually allowed me to feel my feelings. So fast forward about eight months or so. Yeah, I think it was about eight months. And I was in Bali. And I was feeling really, really called to go through another round of breath work. Bali was a very, um, a very powerful trip for me for a number of reasons. And I talked about that in a previous episode and I felt like I had gotten to a space where a lot of the things that had surfaced from my first breathwork experience eight or nine months earlier, that I had started to kind of clear the waters a little bit and I was maybe ready to start peeling back that next layer. So I figured being in Bali, I am probably more than able to find a breathwork session somewhere. And lo and behold, it was not difficult to find one. So I went to another group breathwork session. And this was, of course, a different experience. I was on a different continent across the world in a room full of people who I didn't know with a facilitator who I didn't know. 
And I actually found out that this form of breath work was a little bit different than the holotropic breath work. Um, and it was called conscious connected breath. And again, still not an expert in breath work if you're, if you haven't garnered that by now, but the difference between the conscious connected breath and the holotropic breath work is that the conscious connected breath almost seemed a little bit more gentle. It wasn't quite as forceful on the inhales and the exhales, and it seemed a little bit less cathartic, even though at the end, you know, many of the participants were still quite emotional. It was not that same level of emotion. And I actually can't say whether that was due to the type of breath work or just the participants in the room, the fact that we were all strangers. Who knows? Maybe the reason why when we did the holotropic breath work, we were all sobbing and hugging and everything was because we also knew each other. So I don't really know. But I will say that my experience the second time around was dramatically different, but not in a negative way by any means. It was it was much less that intense release of emotions and more of almost like visions or feelings of what it feels to be my true self. And I don't really mean that in a spiritual way, although it felt like a very spiritual experience to me. It was really just feeling myself without all of those BS stories that I tend to carry around. I felt confident. I felt powerful. I felt happy. I felt like I could do whatever I put my mind to. And I would imagine that when we strip away all of our human stuff and all the ego things and all of the stories and everything that we collect throughout our lives, that's really what's there. It's that feeling of love, that feeling of peace, that feeling of I can do this. And having all of that come from a space of love and not a space of needing to prove ourselves or anything like that. So it was really cool to see the differences in those two sessions. And after doing that session in Bali, it showed me that this could start to be something that I could incorporate into my routine on a somewhat regular basis. After that first experience, because it was so intense and because I released so much, it wasn't something I wanted to do on the regular because I didn't want to shake up my psyche that much you know, every week. But once I did it the second time, I started to realize like maybe all of that gunk that I was holding on to from childhood and beyond, maybe I let go a lot of that. And this is now just a really powerful way for me to kind of maintain healing and to allow new things to surface when they're ready. So I got home from Bali end of January. So it's now about middle of April, towards the end of April. So for the past like two to three months, I think I've done four breathwork sessions at home. And again, definitely not as intense as that first time, but a couple times tears have come up, a couple times they haven't. But really this, it's just this sense of lightness and clarity that I feel afterwards. And it's like, even if I don't get super, super emotional, Things that I was holding on to that I can't seem to shake, it's like they just fall away. I process them and they fall away. Things that really do require me to work through for whatever reason, it's like sometimes when I need to cry, that's almost when it's the hardest. And the breath work has helped me do that. 
Now, obviously, I would love to bring myself to a state where I don't necessarily need to do breath work in order to cry if I need to cry. But, you know, we think of people who maintain meditation practices for the long term and they do that to help themselves find stillness of the mind, how to separate themselves from their thoughts. And that's an ongoing process for them. And I feel that for me personally, it will probably be the same when it comes to my relationship with my emotions and allowing myself to actually feel them. So all of this to say that while this is all my experience of breath work and really of only these two forms of breath work, I am really excited because I'm going to be taking my exploration of this quite a bit deeper in August. I have signed up for a two-week breathwork facilitator training, which I am so, so, so stoked about. Um, so at the end of August, I'm going to go live on a tent in Salt Spring Island. If any of you who are listening live in the lower mainland, you know just how beautiful and healing the energy is over there. So even to just have the opportunity to spend two weeks there, I think is going to be amazing in and of itself. But our first week will be much more of a personal healing journey. So we'll have breathwork sessions every day. There will be various forms of movement. We'll start to study breathwork a little bit more, learn different types of breathwork. And then I'll have a couple of days off for integrating whatever came up in those five days. And then I will spend the next week learning the tools to help other people use this healing modality. So I will eventually be able to lead people through these sessions as well, which I'm really, really excited about because I think for so many people who I've worked with from a fitness standpoint, a health and wellness standpoint, and even from a business standpoint, a lot of the things that we struggle with are because we're not actually allowing ourselves to really feel what needs to be felt in our hearts and in our bodies. You know, from fitness, when we look at things like emotional eating and things like that, when we look at numbing pain with food or with excessive exercise or with any other agent that we can use to numb ourselves with, it stems from not wanting to feel our feelings. And I'm really excited about the possibility of being able to help people work through those things that can feel really challenging and really uncomfortable, but actually are really safe to work through. So like I said, I kind of just wanted to come on today and talk a little bit about my own experience with breath work. Um, every now and then it comes up in a conversation and people are always really, really fascinated and they want to know more. And I've had some people reach out and ask me about it because they know I've tried it a few times. So I thought I would just hop on here and talk about it. And once I have done my training in August, um, I've got a lot of self-study that I'm doing between now and then. I'm really looking forward to doing another episode about this and really talking about how the breath work, the process of breath work really does allow us to heal our bodies and to work through this trauma and this pain. So like I said at the beginning, if breath work is something that you're interested in doing, definitely find certified professionals to go to your first session with. Make sure you're doing it in a safe space where you feel comfortable and really ask yourself, is this something that I am ready for right now? And if so, awesome. And if not, that's also okay. I really believe that breathwork is something that everybody can benefit from, but not necessarily at every single stage of their journey. 
while I will happily suggest meditation to every single person who I speak to, I am not necessarily going to recommend breath work to every single person who I speak to. Again, it's all dependent upon where you are in your journey, what work you've done, what have you already started to uncover. At least that is in my opinion. And maybe it'll change after August. We shall see. I don't know. But yeah, if you do decide to do it, find a safe space. Here in Vancouver, I know um, a woman who was trained under Stanislav Grof, who is the man who coined the term holotropic breathwork and created kind of that style and the process of it. Um, There's a woman who trained under him and his wife, and she occasionally leads sessions here in Vancouver. So if you just search holotropic breathwork Vancouver, you will probably see when her um, sessions are being held. Um, But yeah, just look around your local area, get a feel for the people who are hosting the sessions and just trust your intuition. If it really feels like something you're being called to do, go for it. And if it doesn't feel right, don't go for it. When I came across this breathwork facilitator training, um, it was by such a random string of events. I don't even remember what I was looking for on Google. It was like 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night, I think. And I was looking for something completely random. And then I suddenly got this idea like, oh, hey, I wonder where I could do breathwork training. And so I started looking up like online breathwork courses just for my own personal knowledge. And then I came across this facilitator training in Salt Spring in the end of August. And again, it was just like a very weird, weird thing for me to think about on a weeknight evening at that time. But sometimes you just get called to to do things and you got to trust when you get that calling. So I hope that you found my experience to be informative and valuable. I hope that if breathwork, um, specifically holotropic breathwork, is something that you've been thinking about trying, that this has given you some insight into what you could maybe expect or it has helped you decide whether it may or may not be the right thing for you right now. Ultimately, the decision is yours. I tend to be one of those people who likes to Google the shit out of everything to help me make a decision. And really, you know, like I said before, your intuition will tell you, you will have a feeling about whether it is right for you or not. So if you have done breath work, I would love to hear what your experience was with it. Did you have a powerful experience? Did you feel emotional? Did things come up for you? What was it like afterwards? Let's get into a conversation about it. So you can either come find me on Instagram at Ariana Fotinakis. You can shoot me an email. You can come find me on Facebook. Just come find me and let's chat about breathing, shall we? All right, friends. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, I am so grateful for your time and for your energy and for the fact that you allow me to hang out in between your ears each week. And I'll be back with you next week with another episode of the Daily Sweat Podcast. Have a great day. 